I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. His name is Big Show's Dick. <laughs> It's Big Show's Dick. Wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Pete. We're back with more chat about. If you're listening to the car, you kids, sorry, it's Big Show's Dick time. Let's Woo! let's talk about some giant wang. It's ordinary size for him, but gigantic for us. I, but you know what? I was reading something the other day, which was possibly just entirely made up. Right. And it was people talking about the uh, sexual relations they'd had with wrestlers. Okay. They were like ring rats. Yes, and they yeah, were sort yeah, of yeah. proud community. And the thing that gives it a slight veneer of being likely is it was like on an archived web page so it basically <laughs> been, someone had like written it up in like 1998 yeah. and uh, WCW was still really big and they were going through uh, which of the wrestlers uh, they'd had sex with and mm. who was who was good mm. and the only one I can remember is there was a woman who said she'd had sex with Andre the Giant right. they said but the only thing about him that wasn't giant sized was his dick she said which was a perfectly normal sized dick yeah. it wasn't like t- small it no. was normal mm. it's just she said on him it was entirely wrong <laughs> <laughs> Tightly too small. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want a giant's penis near you, would you? I mean, it'd be, it'd no. Be I, I'm not sure I'd want a normal sized <laughs> penis near me. But then I've got my own, so we've all got our crosses to bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're back with Wrestle, Amania, um, XX. Um, we're bringing the XX, and uh, we're, we're in the second match. This one was a bit forgettable for me. Oh. I'm, I'm looking at who was in it, and I can't remember. Yeah, match, match number two is is it's a fatal four way. The Raw <laughs> Tag Team Champions RVD and Booker T versus La Resistance from Paris, France. Mm. Uh, Garrison Cade and Mark Jindrak and the Dudley Boys. What what you got here? Raw Tag Team titles. Right. So for uh, we, 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 what are we? Two thousand and four. Uh, 2001, WCW's folded. Right. And after it folds, they, they try and do WCW versus WWF. They quickly abandon that because it seems no, they've spent so long saying WCW is terrible. There's no chance they're going to run that as a separate company. Right. But they can't shake the idea of having a separate company. Mm. They like the idea of doing interpromotion. So what they do is a thing called the, the uh, brand extension and the draft. Mm. And they split the roster into two. So some wrestlers are on Raw and some are on SmackDown. Yeah. And the idea is they will never face each other, they will be their own unique brands but occasionally at big Wrestlemania's they'd have someone from Raw versus someone from Smackdown. Right. They have been doing this for 15 years and it does not fucking work, right? <laughs> you, you, 
you, uh, who knows who's on what brand? You yeah, know, you, you, you have no idea. Well, so is there is one like are there divisions? Is Raw worse than SmackDown, or is SmackDown worse than Raw? Traditionally, or? Raw has been the number one show, so it had right. the big stars on. Yeah, and SmackDown became a thing that they were building. I think around Eddie Guerrero right. at this this time, where they were like, it's all about the wrestling. So yeah. we had Guerrero and Benoit and Mysterio, and. No one, you know, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> and it was just this, this, they, they keep on trying it and it's never worked. What you see at this WrestleMania, it's the first time we've had this, this, this uh, brand split. And so we've got the Raw tag team titles. All that does is water down some belts. And instead of just having the best matches, you go, oh, we've got to get the Raw guys on. We've mm. got to get them all the pay. And you've got twice as many people as you used to have mm. before on the roster. So then that's why you have to go do four ways and little... Yeah, just to get everyone on. And yeah. that's why you get people like Garrison and Mark Jindrak yeah. on a WrestleMania. Again, I think I mentioned it last episode, but the, the ruthless aggression, it, not just sort of typified by what went on in the ring, but in the just this big schmear of really uncharismatic mid-carders yeah. who looked good, who were perfectly serviceable wrestlers, but left no impression on you whatsoever. Mm. Um, La Resistance, a, a really good example of that. Wrestlers that nobody really wanted to see. <laughs> I love the fact that they, they've got to a point with La, La Resistance where they've got René Dupree as, as a, a French-Canadian mm. and they couldn't even find anyone else to be a fake Frenchman. <laughs> so they have a guy called Rob Conway who <laughs> the commentators describe as a French sympathiser. A French sympathiser. <laughs> a French sympathiser. I guess maybe we're into Freedom Fries territory and stuff for now, are we? Yeah, I think we're still there. I think we're still there. Um, it, 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 I mean, I actually, I, I watched this match <laughs> and I was aware halfway, I was thinking, this is, you know, just, I can't remember any of this. <laughs> Even as I'm watching it, I couldn't take it in. <laughs> and I can't remember any of it. I really can't. I, 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 th- I think Booker and RVD win. And yeah. funny watching this back as well, one of those things, it, at the time, RVD was seen as being such a pioneering, exciting wrestler. People couldn't believe that he wasn't in the main events. Right. He'd had a brief period where he'd sort of looked like he was breaking through and people felt he was being held down and you watched him in the ring and you just went he is incredible quality you watch him now he's just another bland one <laughs> I mean, it was, he's, he's really really poor it's really odd that, I think this WrestleMania does, has done that to a few people who are in it just, they, they're really sort of like they've watered down their kind of appeal to almost completely levels. and I, I think when you have that thing of when there's so many people there you're yeah. just you're competing and you, but you only how long does you know any of them spend in the ring what two and a half <laughs> minutes in a like 10 minute match <laughs> you, who you know it's not a thing yeah it's not a thing <laughs> I, uh, I, it's awful and they halfway through <laughs> this match they kind of go don't forget we've got pretty much exactly the same match coming up for the Smackdown belt <laughs> well, why are you redoing this this is bad enough once. We're going to do it again. Who's in the next one? The Basham Brothers. Fucking hell. <laughs> you know. Then they cut to a thing. Now, this match, I don't know. It could have been three minutes long. It could have been 15 minutes long. It was uh, nigh on eight, apparently, Re- according to the eight. eight. That's a minute each. I know. Amazing. They cut to a bit after this, which is... I don't know, 45 seconds, and I could take you through it, word for word. <laughs> I could too, yeah. <laughs> it is the best, because it is uh, two characters that um, we love. Yep. Uh, one we haven't seen in a while, mm-hmm. uh, who looks vastly different to what he looked like before. Yep. Um, 
It's uh, Bobby the Ren Heenan and Mean Gene. That's right. Jonathan Coachman uh, opens up a, a lock-up yes. to discover... He hears some noise mm. and he opens it up and there's Mean Gene uh, looking dishevelled. With, with kiss marks on his... He's uh, got lipstick on his head. Yeah. That's what you do, isn't That's it? When you, you when you like someone, when you give you've a got kiss no on the head. Hair, when you've got no hair and in a film or like a, a comedy show, you always get kissed on the head. You never get <laughs> kissed on the cheek or the lips. The thing I like about that is that must have happened to someone and it was so <laughs> funny that they went and there's this... This guy he came out right, and he had a, he had lipstick on his head, like, and he was bald. <laughs> and someone just went, "That is now that is hilarious. That is a basic thing. If we want to convey that someone is is having a relationship uh, that they don't want you to find out, lipstick on the head. Yeah, it's it's Leisure Suit Larry because if you got one on your neck, that's sexy. Yeah, but I remember Leisure Suit Larry always used to have one on his head, on his forehead. <laughs> It's like someone going, oh, bless. It's not like a... And out comes Bobby Heenan. And mm. I tell you what, you know, people people sort of say, oh, Heenan was one of the funniest of all time. And I think, you know, if you weren't interested in wrestling, you'd sort of just go, well, I mean, that's ridiculous. It's like saying there's someone who, I don't know, who who's a, like a leading swimming commentator, and mm. they're the funniest person you'll ever hear. <laughs> and Bobby Heenan, his physical moves in this. <laughs> now, he's lost part of his jaw to cancer. Yeah. I think he had throat cancer, which spread into the bone mm. and he's lost a lot of his jaw mm. and he is absolutely on the top of his game yeah. his voice has changed he's got a slight sort of it just his voice has come out differently but when he's moving oh my he does, god he's, he's very funny. he's very good at doing double takes and he always oh. was but now like he, he does it, it, it's actually quite shocking what he looks like because obviously he's yeah. sort of way. um but, it, it would become more shocking as well yes, as, you know he I desperately tried to yeah they they tried to keep on taking away that jaw right. to try and arrest the cancer and it just kept spreading and they kept taking well, it away when i saw him here i was like oh my god like yeah i know how, what state he ends up in and he must be you know not long for this world but he goes on for quite a while he, after this. he does yeah Incredible. yeah i mean he's just uh, he's he's so remarkable and it's these little bits again the match we've just seen that there were eight people out there yes. at the peak of their career that you don't mention, you, you just don't think of mm. them. Bobby Heenan comes out having basically unwanted sex with Moolah and Mae Young, who are, who are, who are in there. Turn up for some reason. <laughs> now, how is it that he provides better like <laughs> memories yeah. at a WrestleMania <laughs> than... Booker T, Rob Van Dam, the Rennie Dudley Dupree, Boys. Rob Conway, no, Mark Jindra. I mean, it's just insane. <laughs> so basically, the, uh, the coach has walked in and uh, May Young and Moolah have pounced on uh, Bobby and Gene, <laughs> who are both embarrassed to be uh, shagging them, but also at the same time have sort of like given in. Um, and I tell you what, Heenan is... Uh, there's a bit where uh, Moolah and Mae Young drag <laughs> them back them into back the, in. <laughs> into the thing. and he's <laughs> protesting, but while also closing the door he and looking as if he shouts. There's a bit where Mae Young grabs him and pulls him back, and he even sort of looks over his shoulder like for someone to help him, and he just goes, "Please, I haven't been well." <laughs> <laughs> and in he goes. Um, uh, do you know what? There's a part of me that goes, "I just hope that they did." Just fuck. I, I think it'll be brilliant. <laughs> they all deserve it. Um, I'm not getting into the Moolah debate. <laughs> no. Let's, let's all agree that May Young probably gay and Mean Gene and Bobby Heenan they all deserve to have a night of exciting carnal passion I think so if, if, if not them who <laughs> cuts back to JR he goes well that was one form of love ladies and gentlemen 
<laughs> Where's that come from? Yeah. Jim, this isn't about love. This is about a basic animal need. In a, in a, in a cargo but list. Bobby has had a rough time. Bobby is going to fuck the pain away. <laughs> um, uh, match number three. Chris Jericho uh, versus Christian. Um, this is the, the link they do from, well, that's one kind of love and here's another. Yes, okay, uh, right. Good little package that builds up to this, which yeah, is it's, uh, Jericho is, and Christian and, and Trish are in a sort of weird love triangle. Mm. This feud is set up on the opening line they do in that package is uh, Christian saying, I bet you I could nail Trish before, oh, and it's Jericho, mm. I bet you I could nail Trish before you nail Lita. And that felt like a long time ago, didn't it? It did. It really did. That You'd put that on television and sort of go, and people will... A, like, understand this, and B, uh, this is good entertainment that no well, one can complain about. Yeah, massively. I just, just and the nail. I'm going to nail. Like, wow. Yeah, it was nail. really. Mm. I know it was like, so what, 12 years ago? Um, <clears throat> 13 years ago? 15. 40, 15, 15 years ago. And it's just like, and then, then it cuts back to. Like when the actual match starts, like Lawler's literally talking about breaking a woman's jaw. Oh, it's like, it's like, that fucking line! That drops like a fucking. Uh, his, his intro to it, that that line that he says. I mean, it's like that. Uh, it doesn't really make sense. He just suddenly goes out of nowhere. Mm. Christian could have his own hit song. She broke my heart, so I broke her jaw. What the what the fuck? A very um, it sounds like a like a comedy country song from the south, or doesn't something. it? <coughs> it doesn't sounds like it? something probably. Uh... Why would you say that on television? Especially, <laughs> I know, you know, I, know. I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't. I should think in Jerry Lawler's world, that is not the worst thing you, you no, do God, to no. a woman. It's. I, I just. Oh man, I, I got a shirt on, and it's. It's a complain. shame that they've got that hanging over. What yeah. is a really good match? You yeah, know? I enjoyed the, the match. The two of them. I think it's a. It could be a, a career highlight for Christian. Mm. I think it's. Um, it's a good match. What's funny is the audience aren't quite behind it, and I think. They're there's still the feeling that Christian is a tag team wrestler. And right. there's a slight feel as well that they're trying to make him into something and he's not ready for it yet. And right. I think the crowd react to that a bit badly. The match itself is great. They mm. don't let up at all. He's just lacking a bit of magic. I, th- I think he went on to be an actor, didn't he, Christian? But, um, mm. yeah, I can sort of see why, because he's quite handsome and quite, um, obviously, built. But, Charming um, as well. Yeah. Charming guy. There's the, 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 the crowd sort of, I don't know, again, the, the, the lack of the magic sort of thing. And the crowd aren't 100% into it. There's a bit where Christian is lying on his back and Jericho is on his back mm. on top of Christian mm. and that's a traditional bit where you do the, the bridge yeah. which means Christian pushes up from a, a flat on his back position into a bridge and then you spin him round and it's just the actual ability to do that is insane mm. and they do that and there's no reaction everyone's like right yeah <laughs> yeah, give us something else. Uh, you know, if you're Christy, you would slightly be going, oh, this is going to be a hard one. Well, to, to be honest, I, I, halfway through, I, I forgot what the narrative was. I forgot what was going on, really. Yes. And I suppose in the actual arena, that's probably the similar There's situation. also in this bit, they cut to a couple of shots, and uh, there's two men in about the third or fourth row, and they have got full-on proper doink makeup on. <laughs> and they're looking really intently. <laughs> it's almost like doink has sent out his brothers to scout <laughs> out this, this sort of thing. And every now and then, it would just, I'd sort of like look back having looked at something else and they're just, I could see a clown in the background sort of going, yes, yes. <laughs> if you saw that in any other cl- cl- oh, crowd, you'd be like, oh, no. if you, if you, something like, could happen. If you see a clown in any circumstances beyond like a circus, <laughs> that is no good. That is no good at Never all. Good. No. Never good. Um, uh, there's a, a bit here, so Trish Stratus is supposed to be, they're sort of building up to, oh, she's probably like, she, I think she, she like friend zoned uh, Christian. 
Jericho, right. and you get the impression that this is the bit where she's going to come out like Miss Elizabeth, mm. and she's going to give him a big kiss, yeah. and everyone's going to cheer. I don't know why. <laughs> um, hey, I'm, this is the closest I'm going to get to a relationship. <laughs> Woo. And she comes out, and there's some you know business, and she ends up elbowing Jericho in the face, mm. and Christian does a roll-up, and then right at the end, Jericho sort of begins weirdly manhandling her to sort of keep her away from Christian. Yeah. And she slaps him really hard. And everyone goes, oh! And then Christian comes in and does his finishing move. And the two of them walk off. And when they get to the top of the ramp, they do the, I'd say, probably one of the two hottest fucking things that's ever happened in wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like that? Because I didn't, I wasn't sold on the narrative, so it was just him grabbing her head. Do you know what? He did pull her hair. And he sort of grabs her by the hair and then they start snogging. (laughs) And he grabs her by the hair and I thought... I wonder if they talked about that beforehand because if they didn't, they fucking did after. <laughs> it's so disrespectful. Mm. It's very fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> the best bit is where she's wiping her mouth and it's a side of Trish Stratus you've never seen before because she's spent a couple of years going, I'm not this cheesecake thing, I'm, re- I'm going to work really hard at the wrestling. And that bit where she wipes her mouth, you're like, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> filth. Completely not a filth. Absolutely and you've, and you've delightful. for it, Mark. That was one form of love ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) was it sexier than Bobby the Brain Heenan Uh, just on on a weird little wrestling thing (laughs) there's um, the referee in this match Mm. you you might not have noticed he's a guy called Tim White and he was probably most well remembered now he's a long term referee Mm. but he's most remembered for being Andre the Giant's handler Um, I recently watched the HBO documentary about Andre the Giant which is up on the network now the greatest documentary about wrestling I think I've seen in years Mm. and in that he just described yeah, I was Andre's handler. They're like a circus elephant. They're a bit <laughs> mental. But he was the guy who looked after Andre and would help him out, you know, getting checked in and things mm. like that. And he was a long-term referee. And in Judgment Day 2002, there was a match between Triple H and Jericho. I think it was a hell in the cell. And Tim White ended up really, really damaging his own shoulder. He got thrown into the cage. Mm. And basically, he's, he's, he, his like bones just crumpled. No. And he spent a long time recovering. And he, this was his first match back. And somehow he fucked his shoulder up again just doing a simple count. Really? And you can see him do it. He sort of goes a bit stiff and weird. Oh. And he carries on, finishes the match. And when Christian has won, Christian goes straight out of the ring. Tim White comes out to lift his arm. And you can see as he gets out, one of his hands is just juddering back wow. and forth. I need to go Proper back and watch good. this. I know. This is, a, this is a retirement match, but not for any of the wrestlers. <laughs> uh, he also used to own a bar called the Friendly Tap in Rhode Island okay. and occasionally when they do sort of outside things the APA would go to a bar mm. it would come from the friendly tap in Rhode Island classic sort of wrestling sort of like nerds yeah, yeah, destination yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, it's still open as well yeah. I, I don't think he's in charge of it anymore but yeah. um, so- Paul Pines <laughs> shoulders fuck mate <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad these people are just characters in a, <laughs> in a world for your amusement. I want to say, Tim White, get well soon. <laughs> is he still with us? Yes. Okay, yeah, good. he is. He is. Right. Yeah. So you'll, you'll, you'll be hearing from him. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, they cut to a little promo uh, between The Rock and Mick Foley. Yes. I, I say Mick Foley. Mick, Mick, Mick is in shock. Mick's shop. there. He's there, yeah. But Rock is really on that thing of just going, oh, here we are. It's The Rock show. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, he's good. He, um, he's now got a... Did he always have a goatee? I can't remember him having a goatee. He slightly changed his look. So, yeah. oddly, he's, he's since WrestleMania 19, he's had a feud with Goldberg that didn't perform as well as they, they hoped it would. Okay. Uh, but I think he's only had two matches in the year. He's mm. then been off doing some filming. Yeah. And the only person who realises what his future is, is The Rock. Nice. The WWE are like, oh, he'll be back, he'll be back. Mm. To the point where, after this WrestleMania, they simply forgot to renew his contract. Right. So he he basically sort of rung them up and said, you know, it ends in about two weeks. And they were like, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, someone will get back to you. No one ever did. So somehow they let Rock just fall out of a contract. Right. So Rock then becomes the biggest star in Hollywood, and WWE are sort of bollocks, we shitted that one up. <laughs> so this turns uh, out to be Rock's last appearance in the WWE for about eight years. Oh, wow. Amazing. He just goes after this. But what he's doing is you can see he's changing. He's meeting new people. He's got new experiences. <laughs> he's got a big tattoo. He shaved his head. He's got a goatee. <laughs> and he's got a great big Samoan arm tattoo. Yeah. Oh, you've been off? Yeah, it's yeah. so a gap year. Gap year. <laughs> gap year rock. I like that a lot, yeah. Um, and he just does a promo that, again, <laughs> is, is just it's the sort of promo you do with the confidence of someone who is like, I am fucking out of here. I think I know what the whole big is, will he? He's just, he's just the rock, isn't he? Stop talking about the rock strudel. Stop the rock strudel, that's it, yeah. Mick Foley does have a thing where he's looking at the rock and it's such a good promo that Mick is like, I am, I am absolutely the spare prick at a wedding here. And <laughs> Mick is just looking at him and he's not smiling or doing anything wrestler. He's just like looking at him going, Ugh. and there's a bit where they cut back and they've got to say, uh, the rock says, if you're small, what the rock? And Mick Foley has to say, and sock, which is, they had a short-lived tag team, affectionately I, known as the Rock and Sock Connection. I'm sorry, the Rock and Sock Connection is a wonderful, <laughs> yeah. one, probably my favourite tag team name, I think. Yeah. All wonderful. Mick has to do is wait for that gap and say, and sock. And when they cut back, whether Mick knows he's on camera or not, Rock <laughs> is going, if you smell, and Mick is mouthing along with him, going, if you smell, what the rock. And he goes, and sock, like that. And it's like, Mick, you're Mick Foley, mate. You're at the end of this glittering career. You're <laughs> Acting like a, like a, like you're nine, and you've got to hit my got to hit my got to say the word and sock and sock and sock and sock. Um, weird. The little cup as well. They show rocks sort of walking around because rock cannot be constrained by. You say oh, we're going to do an interview. Rock is like rock is going to walk where I'll the call rock everyone. wants, yeah. and he's going to shout at the camera people to follow him. And there's a bit where he points down the the uh, the, the corridor, and mm. standing there are Don Morocco and Jimmy G Snooker. Jimmy Fly Murder, super violent Jimmy Murder, and. <laughs> They had a very famous match at Madison Square Garden in a steel cage. Right. Don Morocco versus Superfly Jimmy Snooker in about 82, mm. where uh, Snooker did a super 
butterfly splash off the top of the cage. Yeah. That was the match that Mick Foley had seen as a fan mm. and had really sort of said to him, I want to be A, a wrestler, and B, I want to do moments like that. Yeah. He would end up going off the hell in the cell, and that was, if you like, his superfly Jimmy Snooker off the top of the cage moment. Mm. Um, I, I, worth saying, when you do see them, um, if you work for the NYPD... Did any women go missing, or were there any bodies <laughs> discovered on the night of the 14th of March, 2004? That's the 14th of March, 2004. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. But, um... Yeah, it's it's weird. who are the hamburgers burglars by the way? There's, 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 who are the hamburgers? Who are the ham? It was a hamburger man. That was a hamburger. Yeah, the rock oh, went. There's the hamburger. It's, it's the hurricane and uh, Rosie. Right, the okay. superhero in training. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, they don't appear at any point during the. Uh, no, they aren't on the card. So that they was... have got to dress up. I should imagine they said, you, you are going to be on WrestleMania, we've got a backstage section, and they have to stand there, and The Rock basically goes, you look ridiculous and you're a fat piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we getting paid for this, Vince? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's a privilege to be insulted by The Rock. You can uh, have as much, uh, have as many um, rissoles, <laughs> as many um, little balls of paella as you want. Yeah. From uh, catering. I, I'm actually happy about that, because I am actually starving. <laughs> Rosie, more. <laughs> Um, uh, really, really <laughs> exciting promo. It mm. goes into their match, which is uh, Evolution. Um, a, a sort of attempt by the WWE to do a, a four horseman uh, stable, right. which was a really clever idea in that they had Triple H and Ric Flair in it to give it the gravitas, and they took two young stars that they wanted to sort of mould and give the rub to. Mm. And the two guys they chose were Randy Orton and Batista. Yeah. They couldn't have chosen two better people. And I think both of them have talked about how important evolution was they were traveling with and working with two of the best wrestlers in the world yeah and they were learning so much and it's a perfect example about that thing about if you want to make stars you have to nurture them mm. you have to give them opportunities <laughs> at this time the other thing that's happening which is why so much of it is bland and the same all of the territories have died out there's no opposition so mm. people aren't doing anything other than training with the wwe's feeder system and then coming in so everyone's the same yeah no one's learning anything new or nothing or, new. Or, or different and what they give to batista and randy orton is they say here are two guys one who is the biggest star in the company the other who is rick flair the biggest star of the 80s yeah and they will take you under their wing and you will learn stuff and it's no surprise that randy orton and batista become two of the generation's biggest stars mm. when they come out you can see them different from everybody else because they come out and they look like they're made of gold, right? <laughs> they look amazing. They look so confident and good like they run the place. Mm. And it's, it's oh, man, they, they seem good. I'd forgotten how great Evolution were. Mm. I'd forgotten how good Randy Orton was. He's, yeah. he's only a few years into his career here. He's, t he's quite tiny compared to everyone else, isn't he's he? Skinny. Yeah. He's skinny. He, and he's, and he's, he looks like sort of... He looks like... If there was a group of boys, he looks like the oldest boy. Yes. <laughs> but he still looks like an old boy, <laughs> you know? There's a little bit they show, in the, and they gave them... Um, Randy Orton had a great gimmick, which was the legend killer. And so they put him against people like, you know, your Sergeant Slaughters, and, and you know, he would beat oh, them. do them, right. Yeah, okay. and it was a good thing of going, look at this guy. It was a good gimmick legend killer. Yeah. Not talked about very much, and it was just brill. And at this point, he's doing Mick Foley as the sort of, you know, he's the legend killer, and also as Evolution. Mm. And... 
there's a little clip they show where it's all the stuff that Evolution have done building up to this match. So they've thrown Mick Foley down some stairs and he's been attacked in the ring. And the bit that is genuinely <laughs> the most savage is they just show Randy Orton giving Mick Foley a smack to the back of the head in the ring. <laughs> and it's really hard. It's, I've never seen anything look so powerful that if you said, and then the big thing will be he just smacks him on the head. You go, that sounds crap. And it, it, oh, smacks him with what? No, he's just going to keep his hand open and just go... On the back of his head, it's brilliant. Well, um, I, I think one of the most <laughs> natural match itself, like Foley um, does. Uh, not sorry, not Foley. It's uh, Rick. Um, Rick Flair. Rick Flair is. Um, I think he does like a little strut. Yeah, and then he gets clotheslined by Orton. I think it would have been Orton. No, 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 no it, it it, either Foley or Rock. Yeah, it would have been. I think it was the Rock actually. Mm. The Rock clotheslines <laughs> Rick Flair. Yeah, who's fifty-five. It was fucking horrible. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he, he folds up Does in it? the air and then just gets flipped 180 degrees. It was horrible. Oh, there's some funny bits it's in 55. this. 55. Which I love, that where, where Flair is not just, I'm this you know great wrestler who's got amazing technical ability. I'm also an absurd man. <laughs> and so he starts doing mental struts and sort of, he does the people's elbow at one point. And he, <laughs> he, he does exactly what The Rock normally does, but then he puts in some more struts of his own. <laughs> and then he's, he, he's just sort of, like he's gone mental. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I think he's it's some career best stuff for Ric Flair because he's obviously having a great time. One thing he wasn't doing though was having a great time because he was in the ring with someone he hated which is Mick Foley. Oh, right, okay. So in Why did they never get on? In 1999, Foley had written his, his wrestling autobiography, okay. which opened the doors for everyone else. It became a New York Times bestseller. It's mm. called Have a Nice Day, mm. A Tale of Blood and Sweat Socks. And people were genuinely surprised that Mick Foley, who was this hardcore icon, could write as well as he did. And yeah. he tells his story beautifully. And it's, again, part of that strange world. It was one of the, the first properly big books to take you behind the scenes. Yeah. And really, I mean, it's, it's such a good you can't you cannot not it's oh, it's so good one of the things he said in that he was talking about his period in WCW and he was never really pushed and there was a big thing at the end where he he sort of got he lost an ear he got a concussion and none of these things were, were really sort of followed up on mm. and so he felt he was very badly booked at the time one of the people on the booking committee was Ric Flair right. so in his book he talked about um, Flair being on the booking committee mm. when he was there and he said Ric Flair was every bit as bad on the booking side of things as he was great on the wrestling side of it now Flair didn't like that. <laughs> Flair... Has, he, liked, he liked half of it. He talks in his autobiography, <laughs> which came out six months after this, right. WrestleMania. He talks about saying, I didn't even know who fucking Mick Foley was, right? I, I don't know. I, I didn't run the booking committee. Uh, if Foley didn't get over, that was because of him. Mm. But Flair basically is waiting years <laughs> to get back at Foley in print. So they have this WrestleMania and Flair's <laughs> book has already gone to the printers. Okay? Right. And in that book, he writes about Foley and he said... Foley has a cult following because of his contributions to hardcore wrestling. But hardcore is such a small part of the history of the business. When I was training, falling off a ladder was not a prerequisite to making it as a professional wrestler. <laughs> Being fundamentally sound was. I don't care how many thumbtacks Mick Foley has fallen on, how many ladders he's fallen off of, how many continents he's supposedly bled on, he'll always be known as a glorified stuntman. 
That glorified <laughs> stuntman, that was a weird phrase that everyone remembered. Right. He went on to compare Foley, saying he was no 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 better in the ring than the Ultimate Warrior or Brutus Beefcake. Two right. guys who are sort of, you know, widely renowned as <laughs> being terrible, crap. Yeah. Flair was not correct on that. Foley was a, a big draw. He, I think he actually drew more money than Ric Flair mm. ever did, which is, even though you take in, you know, uh, Foley... The generations. Yeah, yeah. And, and Flair's sort of, like, duration of career. Mm. Foley was wrestling at a time when wrestling had never been hotter. Mm. Um, so it ends up in November, so six months after this WrestleMania. It ends up with uh, disputed accounts, but Foley either walked over to Ric Flair to ask him to sign a book that was going to be uh, you know, auctioned for charity. So whether it was one of Foley's books or something, I'm not sure. Or uh, Flair came over to Foley... Uh, and uh, there was there was something. Who knows? Who knows? Mm. But what happened that isn't in dispute is that Ric Flair went to shake Foley's hand and Foley refused to shake it, at which point Ric Flair punched him in the face. <laughs> there was a massive to-do. They they had a sort of pull-apart brawl, and Arn Anderson said, look... Always there. Always there. <laughs> always there. Always there in a fight. He was like, why don't you just go to a room and do this in private? Right. And Ric Flair said, right, fine, Pick a room and may the best man walk out. Better yet, I'll walk outside and get into the ring, which he then did. So he went into the empty arena, stood in the ring. Mick Foley said, look, I'm not going to fight you. You're 55. Ric Flair said, that doesn't matter because you couldn't fight me anyway. Uh, He said, Flair, I'm not some big tough fighter, but I can beat you. Um, They went back and forth on this. It all sort of like slowly simmered down. What a promo. They were taken into a room with John Laurinaitis, who was one of the agents at the time, talent managers, and uh, apparently the promos they did in each other were exceptional. <laughs> Nobody knows what they were, but they say, if you'd heard them, they were the best wrestling promos you'd ever heard. Um, they ultimately sort of half buried the hatchet, but I don't think they've ever got on. Right. So it's a funny one to watch in this WrestleMania. When you see Flair and Foley working together, you slightly can see Foley sort of going, oh, I don't, don't really want to do this. He, he did not want to have matches with Flair after the book came out. Right. He said, I, I, he said, when my children misbehave, he said, I don't reward them by making them money. Oh, nice. So, yeah. It's good, eh? Oh, that's spice, isn't it? You never Sp- see A little Foley. bit of spice. You never sort of learn of, uh, I've already learned of um, Foley, who, according to the commentators, is his lost game weight. Is he? In this, <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking not, isn't he? He has turned up at WrestleMania's in worse shape. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. He looks still, his bum's still <laughs> rakishi esque. Yeah. This, I think this is Foley's last little run in little WWE. Run. Oh, okay. and, and he, and he does it basically to put over the young talent. He's mm. putting over your Randy Orton's, which he does by losing the pinfall to him. Yeah. There's an RKO out of nowhere. Uh, I'm not sure if that's one of the first times that phrase is used, but, mm. but JR shouts it and doesn't overshout it. Okay. He kind of goes, RKO out of nowhere. And rather than going, RKO out of nowhere, you know, all right, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's the that, catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I tell you what, there is one thing I did watch. I did think, oh, you fucking glorified stuntman. <laughs> Foley gets up really quickly after the RKO. So the pin happens. And then Foley's straight up going, oh, I can't believe I... Mm. And he's like, oh, no, you're supposed to go. That was devastating. <laughs> but, there's, but then Foley does some great work where the camera just like is on his face and he looks... The, the, two, the two factions handle this so well. Mm. Foley looks devastated that he's lost. Nobody does that anymore. Nobody yeah. bothers going, I cannot believe I've let myself down. <laughs> and he mouths to The Rock, I'm sorry. And you can just see it on the camera. It's lovely. And conversely, Evolution are celebrating with a mixture of sort of disbelief, 
relief, exhilaration, <laughs> uh, arrogance. It, it's just all there. It's such a good post-match celebration. Mm. Really, really good. I like the idea that, that um, Ric Flair could have had... I mean, I was Batista and, um, and Randy Orton. 25? Yeah, I think maximum. So. I, I think Batista was a bit older when he started, yeah, so oh, maybe right, he's yeah. like 32. 30, yeah. yeah, I just don't think he could... Um, Rick Flair could have had they could have been his sons yeah. his gigantic sons <laughs> there's a little there's a bit where they're all in their suits and they do a little promo earlier on which I think pre-recorded because it's got different camera angles yeah. and Batista is there and he's Batista's wearing, wearing not a suit. quite nailed his look no. he became there's a period in like 2006-7 or maybe 2008-9 where Batista is making his own fashion choices and it's got to a point where he's popular enough that he's wealthy enough to wear weird stuff and it looks amazing so obviously all like designer yeah. at this period he looks like like, like someone who's who's being investigated for tax because they've taken over their dad's Italian restaurant. <laughs> he's got weird tinted glasses and his hair's black and like over gelled. He's, he's got not, a little shitty goatee. Because he's not like that's what I mean. Because he's like at this moment, is he? Because he was he always the animal kind of like. No, that come later? he started off when he first started his career in OVW, which was one of the WWE's feeder federations. Mm. Very small, low level thing, but it was mm. just to give them ring time. He was an underwater monster called Leviathan. <laughs> Of course he was. Uh, and then he was. when they brought him to uh, the, the main roster, uh, they gave him a, a gimmick where Devon had become a reverend and uh, it was called Deacon Batista. Right. And he was just uh, hanging around with Devon and collecting money and occasionally interfering in matches. Right. And then they sort of went, do you know what he'd be good as? The next Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't it, isn't, because um, I think when Ric Flair had his last um, health scare slash mm. um, last uh, operation or whatever. Very recently, um, It yeah. was like... A week before, um, Batista was dragging him around the floor. Yes, it was. At WrestleMania, was like, yes. wasn't he oh, dragging... The WWE will make it 100% clear that that had no bearing. <laughs> the fact that a 77-year-old man has been dragged around the floor <laughs> by a monster... Like an old mop. The two things, his, his later health issues, <laughs> all the marks on his back, nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. You, uh, you've met Batista, haven't you? I'd loved it. I've interviewed him a couple of times, and I find... I I could not want to be his friend more, quite frankly. Yeah. He's so quiet and deliberate and sort of... He likes Leon um, uh, chicken nuggets. <laughs> Does he? So there's, there's, there's something for your WWE fucking cookbook. There's... He likes Leon <laughs> you some, uh, chicken nuggets, please. There's some stuff I love about Batista, but one of the things I like is he is so nice on Twitter mm. and he's all about inclusivity. Yes. I believe, he's, I believe his mum came out as gay and he's oh. really, really absolutely adamant about stamping on homophobia mm. and I just I just like the fact he's got principles I also like the fact that he's one of the wrestlers who said oh I've seen like your rock and your stone colds have gone off and had these movie careers um, I might retire and basically within wrestling everyone was like <laughs> yeah. oh you fucking idiot someone's yeah. got a high opinion of themselves yeah. the first thing he gets I think he was a villain in one of the Daniel Craig bombs yes and people are a bit like <laughs> okay well, it's still the thumbs didn't you yeah. oh, sorry how many lines did you have what <laughs> zero mm. and now he's well, along with the rock probably one of the biggest stars in hollywood and he obviously deserves it because everyone says he's a great guy mm. he's really charismatic and he just i just love him he's well done batista yeah well done i like him a lot I, 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 it's funny I his him... name's dave as well because <laughs> <laughs> wasn't his dad his dad was from the philippines i think weirdly. yeah yeah um which I can't imagine. And you get many gigantic men no. from the Philippines. No. It's part of the well where they're a little bit more His real name is Dave Bautista. There's yeah. a U in there. And I like the fact as well that when he came to WWE, they were like, 
That's a that's not that's a, an extraneous. A, a good name. Let's let's get rid of the you, <laughs> and then it's easier to say. That's a bit questionable. When I first started, um, uh, I think did we would we have seen him in WWE um, when we when they came to London? They did SmackDown and Raw. I think so. I can't remember even the era that we went. No, to No, because that. I remember you told me about some wrestler who had to who had some gang tattoos. MVP. We we MV- met MVP. MV- we met MVP. Didn't we? we? Yeah. MVP. That's it. Yeah. Yes. His WrestleManias are still to come. Right. Okay. So let's save that story. That's basically it. That really but, is. Um, but yes, um, we'll be back next week, Mark. Yeah, and and, and 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 more importantly, I mean, we're going to be kicking off next week's show with a little discussion. Oh, Hall of Fame. Oh, sweet. Hall of Fame. Wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Pete. Just what few days be. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.